Hello and welcome to Buildings of Tomorrow. My name is John Lester and in today's episode we're talking about commissioning. What does that word mean to us today and what does it differ uh, today from what we understand of this process uh, yesterday and into the past? I'm joined today by James Dice from Nexus. James, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me again, John. Appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Uh, let's jump quickly into Nexus. Please give us an idea of, uh, of who you are and what Nexus is. Yeah, Nexus is a media company, a consultancy, and now an online school. We just launched our first um, online course that, that launches this fall. Uh, the media portion is a newsletter. I send that out on Tuesdays. It's just my thoughts on the industry this week. Um, and the podcast is every Thursday. So I interview uh, thought leaders and CEOs uh, about how the industry is changing and uh, how I'm trying to understand it just like everyone else. Nice. Perfect. Uh, for those out there, if you're interested in this conversation or if, even if you've heard some of the conversations that James and I have had in the past, uh, please head to nexus.substack.com. Check out the newsletter. Check out the podcast like James just described. Find him on LinkedIn. It's really also a great place to get a little bit of a snapshot of some of the content that he's creating and, and helping us as an industry to understand some of these topics better. Um, so today we're talking about commissioning, uh, and that could be commissioning for new builds or, or retrofits, but also retro commissioning, you know, looking at buildings that have already existed and bringing uh, the way that they're administered, the way that they're controlled up to our modern standards. Uh, what, what has changed for us as an industry from the traditional view of what this word means, what commissioning is? What's changed from yesterday um, to today from your perspective? I think there's two big things that I would point out. <laughs> uh, one is the you know 800 pound gorilla, and that we're we're in a pandemic, and it's it's become very hard to uh, put yourself in the same room as the thing you're trying to commission, whether mm -hmm. that be an air handler or a pump or a chiller. Um, it's it's very difficult to get on site these days, and it's been that way obviously uh, since the pandemic began. Um, and so the thing that's changing there is that we need to figure out a way to verify performance um, remotely, right? Mm -hmm. So the whole process of commissioning um, is, is being um, thought, uh, thought about and, and reimagined from, from the beginning. Um, and then that kind of leads into the other major change, which has really been happening for you know, several years before the pandemic even began, which is the, you know, the advent of analytics software um, and how it really plays very nicely into the commissioning process. Um, and not so much new building commissioning, but also retro commissioning. So um, the ability to use analytics software um, and specifically fault detection diagnostics to um, really uncover the issues in the building, um, which is really the, the purpose of commissioning anyway. So what, what, what are the issues that are need to be fixed uh, that are keeping this building from being optimized? Yeah, definitely. So let's jump into those one at a time. Um, and I think probably the best place to start is with your first point, that today it's more difficult, as you describe it, to get into a room with the thing that you're commissioning. And we now have technology, we have capabilities, uh, remote access, uh, you know, remote control capabilities, engineering that enables this process. But what are the biggest challenges that that maybe have stopped us using this effectively in the past and what's changed today so that we can do this sustainably and we can do this effectively as an industry? 
Yeah, totally. Um, the, the first obstacle that, you know, in the past has kind of held back, uh, you know, the use of analytics in the commissioning process is uh, that the systems aren't necessarily ready to set up, say, analytics um, or set up remote monitoring. You know, often the last thing that gets installed in a building is uh, the supervisory layer, the, the, the layer that allows you to um collect data basically and use it in an analytics software. And then probably the very last piece is the actual internet connection, right? So enabling uh, the remote access in the first place. Um, those things happen pretty late in the construction process. Um, so with a new building, it can be difficult to get that set up. Um, and also like analytics, like we talked about in the last couple episodes, the analytics is a kind of a new thing. It's not necessarily understood well, and it's not de deployed. And so especially in an industry like construction, uh, it's going to take a while for everyone to really understand the, the power of it and how it can sort of fit into these existing processes. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that you mentioned there, you know, often the last thing they do is turn the power on. The last thing they do is make this internet connection. You know, this Every construction project, uh, whether it's uh, retrofits or, or whether it's a greenfield site, you know, this is a, a ballet of a thousand different people with a thousand different uh, functions and stakeholders. It's quite, it's very difficult to try and change some of those really fundamental um, workflows uh, and the order of things getting done to enable some of this technology that you're talking about. How, how is it? Has it changed leading up to this? Like, are we now able to to leverage different technology? Are we able to to do this now that we couldn't do last year? What 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 has been the effect that you think makes this enabled for us? Yeah, I just had a, a, a CEO of a, a smart building company on on my podcast recently, and what she said was that. COVID is really accelerating what would have happened anyway. So these yeah. changes were happening already. And then, you know, if you look at, you know, leading commissioning agents, leading energy engineers, leading design firms, even across the world, they were already on this path. Um, and I think what COVID has done is basically dragged forward all that change to today. And a lot of companies say, you say you're a commissioning agent and you realize that you're revenue is based on being able to go on site well that's going to be a pretty motivating change for you to say how can i do my process remotely so i think it is changing and the technology is there um, and obviously we have a lot of smart people in the industry and they're going to figure out hey i can actually do this without yeah. going on site which is a win-win for everyone oh absolutely uh, because in the end no matter how we go about the process the idea and the, the the function like you described before is getting something is is finding the issues getting up and running as optimally as possible and it's the outcome that we focused on and if we can do that better and more uh, more effectively uh, and in a more flexible uh, and um and time uh, critical manner then happy days you know for us uh, yeah. and and all those uh, included Do, you know I risk here of in introducing another whole buzzword, but uh, you know, one of the things that we talk about in the industry and we see a lot of change or a shift into this technology when we talk about IoT and we talk about some of these components that we're talking about uh, being directly connected to cloud uh, spaces, to cloud infrastructures where some of this information can be collected without the supervisory layer existing as an example. Are, are those changes also enabling us to be a little more effective uh, in this approach? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have technologies that kind of in, in the commissioning stage, uh, you know, 
I think there are a lot of people that are realizing that maybe we don't need to wait for these core pieces of building infrastructure to, you know, come online, uh, for lack of a better word. But, mm -hmm. you know, we have things like cellular modems that allow a controller to um, become online pretty pretty quickly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there are tools right now that um, are available off the shelf and they can be temporary, right? So they can be used just during the testing process uh, to allow that data to flow. You know, maybe you're you're shipping something on site, right? And you're not needing to go on site and the critical staff that are already there are able to plug it in for you. And now you're off and running in your commissioning process uh, mm -hmm. rather than waiting until, you know, everything gets online from an infrastructure perspective. Yeah, definitely. Which which has so many benefits apart from reducing risk, apart from, you know, uh, up bringing additional productivity and saving time and getting on site and and you know going through. If any anyone there, you, when you try and get on site, it's not like you turn up, you park your car, and you and you walk on site. There's in, there's inductions, there's there's processes that need to be taken. So there's time involved in getting there physically, which you can save. Um, one of the other things which would be interesting to discuss would be once does does that enable us also to to improve the way that we deploy our skills because uh, you know depending on the company depending on on what work you're doing there the skill sets that are required throughout this commissioning process because it's not a it's not a one hour thing it's not a one day thing does that remote access does that uh, that uh, off-site flexibility also enable us to deploy our skills more effectively yeah i mean i think i think one thing to point out is that you're we're, we're not replacing the technical skills required in the commissioning process right so yeah. someone still needs to understand everything that goes into optimizing that thing whatever it is and we can't overlook the uh, all the mechanical engineers out out there that are extremely good at doing what they're doing um but i think we also have to point out that part of their traditional process um is something that can be automated and can be made a lot more efficient so that then they can focus on what they're like probably more passionate about which is fixing the issues right so that that detection and diagnosis of the issue they don't necessarily need to do that manually and, and i think that's something to overcome is like that that's a, a very important skill set but also the piece that i think everyone would be more excited about like i said is the fun part like we've discovered this issue and how do we decide you know who should fix it what should be done and and really use that human ingenuity on the solution rather than detecting the problem yeah perfect and, and i think that that's a good point to make about analytics in general in in the previous discussion we've talked about this you know the Diagnosis is the first step, and anything you can automate in that process is a huge step forward. You you still need that expertise, you still need that skill set to be able to prioritize, to to decide what's what is scalable, what can be implemented, and the effect that that could have. So that that's an important I think uh, point to make that that is that is not a replacement, but a, an augmentation, you know, an improvement in the process, so they can apply their skills even better. Uh, so that was the first point we talked about. Uh, let's talk about the second point you made where where um, analytics, whether it's uh, in a new build, but even more importantly, sometimes within a um, retro commissioning can start to add even additional functionality or additional capabilities. And, and the, the end goal, or sorry, the, the end result can even be improved by using this technologies. Can you give us a bit of insight into that? 
Yeah, so we were just basically talking about the commissioning process, right? Yep. So um, that would be for a new building or an existing building that's going through some sort of renovation or upgrade of some, mm-hmm. of some sort. So I think that's a pretty well understood concept. So then the retro commissioning process would be, I have an existing building. It's been several years since it was commissioned, if it was commissioned at all. Yeah. And so the retro commission process is uh, really a tune-up. So getting the building uh, back to its optimal state, or if it's changed in operation, getting it to its new optimal state, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think what most people have found is that when they do either of those traditional processes of commissioning, you know, you get the building into an optimal state, and then what happens next is like the infamous drift, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's it's entropy, right? Things are going to change, and things are going to degrade, and stuff gets overridden, and valves get stuck, and and a number of things happen in a building over time that causes the performance to degrade. And so where monitoring-based commissioning comes in um, is the ability to take those one-time processes of commissioning and retro-commissioning and make them continuous. So Mm -hmm. continue to do that same thing over and over and over again in a way that uncovers the issues as they occur Mm-hmm. Um, and and really get into being able to then prevent issues from happening um, in the first place. So the example I like to give is if um, a valve gets stuck somewhere, usually a, a building operator is not going to know about it until a comfort complaint happens, right? Yep. So you can't see that from happening. But with monitoring-based commissioning, you know when the valve gets stuck, and you're able to then maybe act on it before the comfort actually uh comfort complaint actually happens in the space yeah right. so it's it's almost extending that com- that commissioning phase our traditional view of it uh, and and almost having this this review process or this cycle that that applies the same the same expectations applies the same process and the same uh, workflow uh, on a regular basis to try and find not only things that that may have been missed or or maybe the requirements have changed, but also un, uncover some of these faults, some of these uh, these uh, you know diagnose some of these issues as they come along. I'm not even sure if this question is worthwhile, but but and maybe I'm going to step on on step in uh, in a puddle right here. But normally when we talk about data based um, sciences, when we talk about analytics. Uh, the more information, the better, you know, as a broad term. Does that mean that the the impact or the effectiveness of this, of what we describe here, this retro commissioning can actually be more uh, or more important than applying it on day one? I'm not sure I understand your question. <laughs> Sorry. So, so my question, yeah, I, I completely understand. So my question is that, you know, with more information, and when we t- we talk about an existing building, and we're going through this retro commissioning process, and we're we're revisiting buildings at a later date, does the does the historical data that gives us more information, that gives us more insight, enable us to to do an even better job um, further down the line than we would on day one with the greenfield sites going through the initial process? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think from the standpoint of like many different standpoints. So one is just. Um, the, the analytics software has more of a baseline to understand what's normal, um, and the team does too. So if they see a fault in the first day, they might not, you know, they might not realize whether it's out of calibration or not. But yeah. six months in, a year in, two years in, 
the the normal operation of the building, uh, the building's had a long time to run and for everyone to realize, you know, what's normal and what's not. Um, and that helps the human and helps the algorithms. Um, so, yeah. And, and then when you get into the diagnosis stage where, you know, analytics software has come up with something that someone needs to address, right? The ability to look at last season or a year ago when, you know, this weather was happening, that allows you to get easy it makes it easier to get into what's the root cause of this problem what's the action that needs to happen a lot quicker exactly beautiful yeah last question um the world has gone through a a, quite a challenge at the moment as we mentioned before we're in the middle of a pandemic and and like you described from one of your the guests on your podcast is talking about how the current situation has really accelerated the adoption of some of the technologies that we see was inevitable as part of you know the smart buildings of the future mm-hmm. and and from our conversation today you know i think that what we've really described if we boil it down to a picture is that commissioning you know from what we imagine to commissioning today there's less ladders there's less switchboards there's there's less site visits there's less hard hats there's there's leveraging technology to to be able to do and go through this process and achieve the the ultimate goal more effectively. Is this sustainable? Is this some is the changes that we've gone through from your perspective in the last six months, driven by the pandemic? Is this what commissioning is from now on? Is this the the picture that we have in our heads? And is this what we do as an industry in general moving forward? Yeah, I think. I think the way to answer that is to look at how you can get better results. And I think mm-hmm. the way to get better results is to use these modern tools. And I think that it being beneficial for the pandemic is just like one uh, way that it shows how it's better. Um, yep. So that commissioning process is more resilient if it's being able to be done remotely. But that's just one way in which a modern commissioning process using analytics is better. Yep. So the, the other ways in which it's better is you're able to do things like um, instead of just manually testing 10% of VAV boxes in the building, for instance, you're able to test them all at once across the yeah. whole building and you know, do that at scale and see system level effects and things like that. So the commissioning process is actually improved in many different ways. And I think once everyone sees that, I think that that change will be sustainable. Exactly. Perfect. That's why, you know, from my perspective, anyway, when we look at our industry, that's a great that's a great situation for us to be in because the when the technology is better, whatever inspires us to 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 adopt that technology, whatever inspires us to make those changes, if the results are better, then it's then you know it's a positive shift for us as an industry. So that's great, James. Thank you so much. Another great conversation. It was really great to have you here. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks, John. Glad to be here. And, and thank you to everyone listening. Please remember not just to subscribe, comment, or share the episode here at Buildings of Tomorrow, but go and check out nexus.substack.com. Uh, subscribe to the newsletter. Check out the podcast. Uh, think about subscribing and get some really, um, really top-quality and in-depth conversations and information about some of the topics we've talked about. And, uh, James, I get the feeling that uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to chat again in the future. Yeah, we've kind of scratched the surface on a couple of these different topics. So uh, no doubt we'll find the time to go into a bit more detail and, and find a couple of other exciting things to talk about. Yeah, can't wait. Perfect. Thank you all, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.